Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Grab your bats, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I am your TV guide, Brett White. I am also a reporter producer for Decider.com, which is my cred. It's why I can talk about this stuff. Um, this week I am joined by Megan Kay. Hello, Megan! Hello! Wee. Yeah! I usually welcome guests to Queens... But uh, you live here. Yeah, You're I'm, I'm three train stops away. So, so. yeah, this was not that uh, much of a trek. But there was Shake Shack, so yeah. it Ugh. made it all. Worth that's it. I mean, that's like a peek behind the podcast curtain. Is a lot of times before we tape, we go to Shake Shack, or uh, or just the mall food court. <laughs> Yeah. So some of these podcasts have been powered by Shake Shack, others by Panda Express and Charlie's Subs. <laughs> Regardless, you're like spiking that blood sugar, getting yeah. that energy up. <laughs> you have to get to talk it up. about some classic to, TV. Yeah, you have to get it up. Um, <laughs> this week on the show, we are going to be traveling to April 8th, 1965. The Sound of Music ruled the box office. Stop in the Name of Love by the Supremes topped the charts. And CBS aired the Munsters episode, Herman the Rookie. Megan, you must have seen Herman the Rookie before. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. You would have remembered it. Truly. <laughs> what is your history with... The Munsters. So, like, none. Ooh, um, coming in cold. Yeah. So, I knew about the Munsters. I knew that they were Adam's family-esque. What I did not know was that they actually aired, like, their first episode aired a week after yeah. the Adams Family yeah. did. Yeah. I just Googled that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I cheated. No, but yeah. I'm no, fascinated that's... by that. Because this is the, uh, I grew up watching the Munsters a lot because I think Nick at Night got Munsters first and then maybe Adam's Family later. Or actually, this is all faulty memory. I could have done research on, I should do research on when TV Land and Nick at Night aired these shows. Because there is really, uh, I think really extensive research and like when all, like documentation of all that. But I feel like Munsters was a Nick at Night show, and then when TV Land launched in the late 90s, they had Adam's Family and Munsters, and that's why I was like, ooh, I gotta get TV Land, because I want to watch Adam's Family. But these two shows are, have this really insane similarity, or like, their their fates are interlocked. They're like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a kind of like Cable and Strife, they're like Cable and, they're like... But no, but like, I even made that note when we were watching... The show was like I was like I was amazed by the fact that like 
they both kind of have this like blithe unawareness of like yeah. how weird they are compared yeah. to like everyone That's, else. It's so because they both were they both aired um, from nineteen sixty four to nineteen sixty six. They both uh, both shows ran for two seasons, the exact same two seasons, <laughs> and then even crazier. What I think the real impressive thing is thirty years later, uh, the monsters in the late eighties early nineties had the monsters today. Which was a reboot of the monsters, and then the late nineties, really? mid to late nineties, there was another Adams Family series, a reboot of the Adams Family that aired on, I think it was a Canadian show, and it aired mostly on ABC Family, and both of those, both of those versions lasted longer than the original one. Okay, that fascinates me because, so, like, I had no idea they were rebooted. Yeah, so that it's so weird that both the monsters and the Adams Family debuted, ran for two years, and then twenty to thirty years later had reboot series that both of them ran longer than the original ones. That is crazy. That were they like grim and grittier versions, or were they like no, they were cool nineties. They teens? were they were the exact same. Because <laughs> I um the weirdly enough the monsters today streams on Hulu, so if you want to watch the like late eighties version of the monsters. You can watch that on Hulu, oh. and the Adams Family, the modern Adams Family, is it is so aggressively '90s. Imagine Adams Family, but in color, and everything is at Dutch angles. <laughs> everything, the camera is just tilted, constantly tilted, and the theme song, very true to '90s, is it sounds kind of like the Garfield and Friends theme song. It's very like siesta adam's family like it's oh yeah it's very like that was a thing in the 90s was just like faux mariachi salsa <laughs> shit uh so yeah it, they they are inextricably linked um and uh, you know more recently they they tried to relaunch the monsters brian fuller tried to do a monsters relaunch like five years ago for nbc an hour-long drama an hour-long like dramedy uh with <laughs> But Jer- like, so like this is us, but like with monsters. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jerry O'Connell was, um, I think, I think it was like Rebecca Romaine was Lillian Munster, Jerry O'Connell was Herman Munster, and Eddie Izzard was Grandpa Munster. Oh, uh, that would have been really fun yeah. to watch, actually. And instead of it going to series, they just aired the pilot as like a Halloween special, and then just like quietly um, ignored it. And it was recently just announced a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, that Seth Meyers is producing a Modern Monsters, a Monsters set in Brooklyn. Oh, like that was just announced like within the last month. That's interesting. So, were they originally in Brooklyn? Because no, like, there I, were jokes about it being Brooklyn in the yeah, show. Yeah, I looked it. I looked it up, and both because I mean, spoiler alert: this episode is about sports teams, and both the Dodgers and the Rams were in LA at the time. Oh, the Dodgers moved from Brooklyn to LA in like the late fifties. Sports. Spoiler alert: I'm not a sports person. This is going to come up a lot in this episode. Oh yeah. Um, this- <laughs> well. It's fitting, because I have no idea about sports <laughs> so whatsoever. Never seen monsters, know nothing about sports, dive in it. I'm, you, I'm a great comrade for this episode. Yeah, but you love monsters, right? Are you big on uh, Halloween monster stuff? Yes! Yeah. I love Halloween. I love... See, I love, like, that. I love the Adams Family, but I'm definitely one of those, like, I'm a fake geek girl Adams Family fan, because um, I'm really, the only one, the only one that I'm really, like, into is the the movie with Angelica Huston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Morticia, because she's just so, so fucking great. flawless. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I'm a, I love the Adams Family movies a lot, I also, but I also really love the 60s show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, and 
uh, we're going to get into this at some point on the show, I have the undying hots for John Aston's Gomez. Like, also, I mean, I think also just everyone, if you are attracted to men, and also maybe if you're not attracted to men, you the hotness of Gomez, be it Raul Julia, be it John Aston, is just... Undisputable. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you have Herman Munster, who, um, in my notes, I wrote, Big Baby! <laughs> He's just an oversized baby. Um, oh, giant baby with dad jokes. Yes, God. Um, I also wanted to talk about this, um, just to give readers a little tease, is because, you you know, it's September, and we're talking about the Munsters, so I wanted to just let all the listeners know that we're about to run a holiday gauntlet. Dun, dun, dun. I should put a music sting the, in there. The best holiday gauntlet. Uh, Halloween uh, is yes. the biz. We, uh, starting in October, I'm going to announce this now, starting October, November, December are all holiday episodes. You are we're goddamn doing, welcome. Yes, we are doing four Halloween episodes in a row. We're gonna then we're gonna do three Thanksgiving episodes in a row and then a normal episode because I'm not gonna drop a Thanksgiving episode on Thanksgiving Day and expect you guys to listen to it. <laughs> I mean, listen to it when you're in your turkey coma. Yeah, like, right. It's fine. <laughs> I, you need to spend time with me on Thanksgiving and then after that, four Christmas episodes. Yeah, forego so, your families. Listen to Brett. So get ready. Hol- Must have seen TV's holiday gauntlet will be kicking off. October, and this is a little preview. Uh, it's not a Halloween episode, though, so it doesn't technically count. <laughs> yeah, this episode is about sports. Yeah, this episode is Monsters, <laughs> Monsters Playing Sports. Play- uh, so yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we are talking about the Monsters episode, Herman the Rookie. It is the 29th episode of season one. Dear God, 29th episode. It's <laughs> so many episodes. It was written by Joe Connolly, Bob Mosher, and Dick Conway, and directed by Jerry Paris. Here's how Amazon describes the episode. Herman is given a tryout by Leo de Rocher. Is that a real person, BT Dubs? We should have looked him up. After his mighty drive sends a baseball sailing out of the ballpark, Megan, how accurate was that description? It was it was accurate. It had all of the trappings of okay, we're at episode 29. What do we do? Oh dear God, what's an idea? I don't um, know. Have he, they played ball yet? Uh, oh yes, Leo de Rocher. Okay. Uh, he was an American? Okay, here we go. I'm on Wikipedia because I feel like this was important. Leo Ernest de Rocher, born July 27th, 1905, died October 7th, 1991, nicknamed Leo the Lip and Lippy, was an American professional baseball player, manager, and coach. He played in Major League Baseball as an infielder. Uh, a controversial and outspoken character, de Rocher had a stormy career dogged by clashes with authority. The baseball commissioner, umpires. Oh, that explains that umpire joke. Okay. Mm. Cool. So we got it now. Okay, so that's who he is. Yeah, there were <laughs> there were like two characters that were like played themselves in the episode because there oh. was oh, the was... Leo Durache, who I just had originally wrote as you know awful white guy. Yeah, which was verified. <laughs> yeah, later <laughs> on by a thing that we cannot repeat on the podcast, probably. Absolutely not. Jeez. There's a racial slur in here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So the episode, I want like. Well, we don't have to go through this beat by beat plot because there is this thing I'm discovering with a lot of these older shows is there is not a plot. It is Herman hits a baseball really far. A baseball person scouts him. He goes to try out. Cartoon hijinks ensue, and they decide he cannot join the team because 
The cost of rebuilding Dodger Stadium every week would be too much, and insurance would not let other players on the field with him. <laughs> what was it? It was $75,000 in the, the 60s. Yeah, oh my. So, like, that's, you would be rebuilding the field? Yeah, that's like a million, that's like millions of dollars now. That would have to be a, like, a, that's so a much bananas mo- amount of money. No, not worth it. Harold Lester, not worth it. Also, uh, not a good baseball player. Like, they're like, can't... <laughs> It's like, can you aim the ball that you're knocking eight blocks away? And he's like, no. It just goes literally wherever. Uh, So, like, what would you say, what are your overall impressions of this episode? Of watching it, the experience of taking the monsters in for, I guess, the first time? So, I'm, it's one of those things where, like, I'm sure I probably watched the monsters at some point at my grandparents' house, because I know what Lily Munster looks like. Because yeah, that yeah. was the first thing I wrote when we were watching the episode, was just Lily's looks. Like, she yeah. just... I, I love it. I love that constructed, ghoulish glamour. I'm yeah. all about also, it. Also, like, her hair goes to the floor. Which I didn't realize. I didn't realize that until watching this. I was like, oh, wow, that wig is, like, that's a wig. Yeah. It, like, kind of gets tanked, because she's wearing, and, like, umpire um-pi- waist... Yeah, like, like she's got like gown, a yes, a cape, a cape kind of thing. She's this big flowy bell sleeve. Yeah, all and the of... the wig gets like mixed up in that because it's yeah. just a bunch of like fabric swishing around at the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to bring up like the overall look of the show is impeccable, and while like you might not go to the monsters for like top notch comedy writing (laughs) no maybe not um also you might not go for like nuanced character work no because i feel like the most consistent through line of this episode was people getting hit in the face with balls yeah which made me laugh both times when they called it back at the end with a football um the thing that you go to the monsters for is just like the impeccable vibe of it all because the the things that it has going for it are um, the fonts, the theme song, the set decoration, and the makeup. Yes. I know, I'm impressed with how much we have consistently in our okay. notes. We okay, sat good. on separate couches yeah, so while watching the episode. Uh, so we didn't like, share our notes beforehand. Going from the opening credits, which are just... I mean, they're so good that... Was it Fall Out Boy sampled the song mm-hmm. uh, in a recent pop hit? Um, something about Uma Thurman. She wants to dance like Uma Thurman. Yeah, no, something, no. I don't know. It's I, a follow-up boy song, whatever. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like uh, Modern Top 40 that much. I love, Carly Rae Jepsen is great, though. <laughs> Let's all uh, uh, cut, through the, cut to the feeling is the song of the summer. I called it. That's what I say. Um, the theme song is so good. Then, like, yeah. I don't know who decided that, like, surf rock guitar is Halloween music, but I want to just give them a kiss on the mouth. <laughs> because yeah. it's just a match made in heaven. It really, it really was. I, because, like, again, like, I hadn't really remembered it, but I was struck by, like, how it all works so well together in the opening theme. Yeah. Because just the, even the way that it was even, like, cut together a little bit and, like, time to the music yeah, yeah. was, like, really well done because like you start off with i mean the first of all like it's like the monsters like outshot at the side of that their haunted ass looking house mm-hmm. uh that's in los angeles which i'm like that's such a like what part of los angeles is that in i need to be more familiar with los angeles neighborhoods so i could really peg it uh echo park i don't know i don't yeah, know i don't know there are 87 and i don't know either. i don't know either um i've been in la twice uh <laughs> but you but then you see the font like the font i think the font oozes on the font yeah. is like it's this really thick it's like a thick 
oozy, gothic-looking yeah. font. It's green. It is in black and white, but you can just tell that it's green. And yes. I, I, it's so well done. And then it cuts to, like, Lillian Munster standing there with, like, Herman's briefcase. And he, like, comes up to the staircase, mm-hmm. bends down and kisses her. And then runs through the entire family as they, like, greet her. Or they, like, mm-hmm. say goodbye to her on their way to school, work, or, like, murder babies. I don't know what Grandpa Munster gets up to, but he's... He tries to bite his own daughter in the opening credits. Yeah, he has this, like... <laughs> he has this, like, gimmick of, like, the inventor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, a kooky inventor type. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, like, it's just such a great opening sequence. It really sells what the show mm-hmm. is. Um, and I think there's also, it also really establishes how different it is from the Adams Family. Because uh, every, I've watched the Adams Family from beginning to end a bunch mm-hmm. and do it every October. The Adams Family opening credits are all of them in a family portrait style, like, pose. And they're just leering at the camera. And it cuts to all of them one by one. I The one in my head is, like, John Aston's Gomez. He's, like, looking at the camera and kind of, like, menacingly smiling and, like, <sighs> breathing. It's very ominous and unsettling. Whereas, yeah. like, the monsters is like, oh, they're all going off to work. This is, like, yeah, this is exactly, like, what you would expect from, like, a sitcom yeah. opening. Like, this is, like, this is basically beat for beat. Like, yeah. the Jetsons opening, yes. only instead of, like, spaceships, it's Monster monsters. people. <laughs> right. So what is the green light process of this show? <laughs> That's the thing. I have so many questions, but like, what was in the air at the time in 1964 where they're like, we need monsters in prime time? How did this happen? I don't know, because it wasn't it. Be I think Bewitched also came out that year. It might have been like 63, 64 for Bewitched as well. So there was clearly like some pull through of like, maybe it was a way that like were there. I wonder if there were like new like censorship laws or like they kind could of finally like, do this stuff right because there could... was the whole comics code in the fifties where like you couldn't do anything even tangentially related to the related to the occult mm-hmm. and then when that like lifted in the seventies they're like Van- werewolf by night Dracula blade <laughs> go for it go for it yeah uh, and so I wonder yeah I wonder if that lifted I mean. It's my aesthetic. Like, I, in general, don't like horror, but I love this kind of, air quote, horror. I just love, like, 60s campy kitschy monsters. Oh, yeah. No, I, and I honestly, like, I really wonder, like, if they have this, like, monster premise so that they can get around, like, certain tropes that, like, you couldn't get away with in a different sitcom of the same time. Because, yeah. like, we were kind of talking about this before the show where I was, like, the only piece of monstrous trivia I know from the back of a snackable cap. Fact check me. Don't at me. Yeah. Like... <laughs> or at me if you have the real fact. But be nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> also that. Was, like, the monsters were, like, the first TV couple that, like, shared a bed together. Because yeah. before it was, like, separate beds, that whole thing. But was because Dyke, they yeah. were monsters. You can do it. They get down to the same bed. Well, <laughs> even like them being monsters, like in this episode, you get to do, I don't know, like I'm trying to think, an I Love Lucy episode or Dick Van Dyke episode where they like, oh, they get scouted for a baseball team. It's like, I guess that's f- sure. But on this, you can do it because Herman is super strong and is basically a cartoon character. So you can do all these weird visual gags like, Lucy, if Lucy throws a ball, it isn't going to like leave a hole in the catcher's mitt. <laughs> The way that happens on here. That poor person's hand. Potentially, yeah, throw a hole through another person's hand. hand. Or um, like, it, or if Dick Van Dyke trips through a fence, he's not going to leave an outline of his body through the fence like Herman does in this. Yeah. I feel like it, and plus too, it's easier, I think, you could, it's easier to edit a way that Herman is quote unquote 
good at baseball. Terrible at baseball. Wasn't yeah, no. any good baseball played at all during this episode. No. But I feel like it's easier with him than it is with, you know, trying to make Lucy look like she's a baseball star. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a, so it's such, it's really, they can do really, like, kind of lame plots and kind of get a lot more mileage out of it because, like, well, they're monsters. Like, they're creepy. Mm -hmm. We can do this. Uh, The makeup on it is also, is it, it seems really good. I would almost say that it's better than the Addams Family. Yeah. Like, I was so, I, Part of it is because it's filmed in black and white, the yeah. makeup is so dramatic. And when they pull in close on the characters, you can see I, I how know. intensely contoured. Yeah. Like, Grandpa's contour, like... It's like some drag race. <laughs> yeah. Drag race. I did, I did write down, like, they enhanced Herman and Grandpa Munster's nostrils. Like, they add extra black around their nostrils yeah. to make their nostrils look bigger. And I'm like, is that to, is that... It's like reverse nose contour. Yeah, like, I don't know what the point of that is. Is that to make the, make their nose look bigger? Or, like, sharper? It's, it's a weird choice. But things like, the way, I couldn't see, like, the seam on Herman's flat top. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where, like, it looks, he looks like a Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, because I couldn't tell, like, the contouring and everything on it is really good. And his mm-hmm. head looked... His wrist, like, you can tell that's just, like, a line drawn around his wrist and some dots to be like, yeah, that's where it was stitched on. Like, whatever, not really. Um, and, like, even uh, Eddie Munster's, like, Deep Widow's Peak mm-hmm. looks good. It's, yeah. His ears look good. It's really in- well done. It, it takes, I really think it takes full advantage of the fact that it was shot in black and white. Yeah. Because, like, you know if you saw that, like, IRL... Like, or even in color, it would be so unbearable to look at. Yeah. But because it's shot in black and white, like, it blends, it adds this extra layer of blending to it. Yeah. So it's like, Herman can have a bunch of, like, dark eye makeup around his eyes where, like, probably where the, his little flat top thing kind of, like, (laughs) ends, but because it's all, like, it's already, like, you get that extra veneer of, like, black and white over it, it's really, really seamless. It's really yeah. cool. And it also does a good job of, even though it's black and white, selling the color. Because I feel like I can, in my head, picture what they all look would look like in color. Mm-hmm. Um, really simply. And that's, like, Herman is obviously green. Like, it's so... Grandpa it's, is clearly super pale. Yeah, it's really, it's that's really well done. And I love the costumes. I don't... Uh, Herman puts on a baseball uniform in this. <laughs> Which is tough because, like, his costume, admittedly, his baseball uniform looked stuffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> he just looks like he's wearing a bunch of pillows. And I guess it works in the normal, uh, like, the normal Frankenstein get-up that he wears. Yeah, because there's, like, that giant blazer yeah. over it. So you can kind of see his neck, like, floating in, like, close-ups. Yeah. Of, like, <laughs> floating amongst the pillows, if I, you will. I need, <laughs> I also, I need to just quit. I should have done this beforehand, but I do need to look look, look up. Can we just talk about how gay Herman Munster is? <laughs> yes. Right? Like, yeah. and now I'm trying to look up. Okay, now, F- Fred Gwynn, who played him, was uh, not gay, married to women at least, and had five children. So, Fred Gwynn, bisexual, maybe, most likely, probably straight. Um, I wrote down, like, plays him like a more humble Paul Lynn. Mm-hmm. The affectation of Herman Munster is very like, ho, oh, oh, ho, <laughs> like it's very it's so big. It's so so and big. As a like cow, very cowardly lion. Yeah. Um, uh, 
and there's something there's there's real real similarity to Paul Lind. Um, it's just that Paul Lind as a character always has high status. Anything Paul Lind does is high status, and he is being shitty to everyone around him. Whereas he, uh, Fred Wynn plays it like a low status Paul Lind, where oh everything I just want my way. Whoa, like <laughs> he's a he's a big baby basically. That's what he is. He he is a giant baby. He's full of puns, which is like I feel like yeah. another like that's kind of puts him. Under the Paul Lind umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I also noticed, and it's funny, because, like, I I kind of had that, like, yeah, there's, like, there's, like, so much to this performance that, like, <laughs> you were playing as far from straight as possible. Yeah. But, like, the In only... Always. He makes... <laughs> tell me if you read it this way, too, but I felt like when he was talking to Awful White Guy, um, he made, like, a... He made, like, a sexual pun about like second base have you ever played baseball before uh baseball yeah well i've uh i fooled around a little with the game i uh played a little second base (laughs) (laughs) oh he did i mean oh i missed that i feel like that i mean that was kind of how i read it because like he's like have you ever played baseball and uh, herman munster is like well i've been to second base (laughs) (laughs) and i was like are you hitting on him? Yeah, like, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, um, but the only, it's not with Lily or anything like that. Like, no. his only potentially sexual subcontext was with uh, was Mr. DeRocher. DeRocher. Because um, that's the other weird thing. Uh, Gomez and Marticia boning. Like, always. 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 Like, cannot, Gomez cannot restrain himself but stays within the boundaries of her respect. Like, or he never, like, it's not like he can't restrain himself so he, like, takes advantage of her. He just showers her with adoration. Oh. And then when she is ready, he is there. Like Picture-perfect BDSM relationship. Just, they are... Picture-perfect. Amazing. And they're everyone's relationship goals. You sh- everyone should be Gomez and Morticia. Lillian and Herman Munster are this weird m- maternal... Ch- they have, like... Lillian Munster has maternal vibes. There's... No sexual chemistry. But basically because, like, Herman Muster himself is, again, a big baby, and he's not a sexy baby. Because that would be weird. <laughs> he is not a giant sexy baby. Yeah, because the only, like, the only moment of, like, real closeness they have... Like, she has, like, one kind of affectionate, like, pet name for him. She calls him yeah, his, her pussy cat at one point in the episode. But, like, that's not with him in the room. And, yeah. like... It's two grandpas? So. Yeah. Oh, and there was a moment, like, at the end of the episode where Herman's, like, sad that he didn't get, uh, he didn't get, uh, a, jo- a job playing baseball. That's not how that goes. I don't think you get a job playing baseball, right? They don't, they don't. I mean... You don't say, like, I just got a job. I'm on the Dodgers. I don't think you say that, right? You say, I got draft. I don't know. Maybe. Sports. But he is sad about that. Well, uh, <laughs> Sports, whatever. He is sad about that, and Lily, like, gets, like... Oh, but, like, I still need you. Herman, you must realize how much we all love you and need you, each in our own way. And I, most of all. And then, like, right at the end, there's another bit right at the end where she was kind of like, don't... Don't you know we all love you and yeah. we all need you right here? And, and then he just starts weeping like a giant, oh, like a giant, giant baby, ugly uh, crying. I, I haven't cried like this since they canceled Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. (Laughter) 
it's ugly, ugly crying. crying, and like the they have to like hold something under it to catch his nonstop flow of water. It's just like <laughs> what like faucets yeah. out of his eyes. He's eye. holding his hands up to his face, and but like you know, he's we're holding like, like little tubes, tubes or something, or something that are just like. <laughs> Pouring water out. There was a joke on the cold open of the episode where Grandpa Munster says, I remember one day he said to me, Son, as you go through life, always bury your mistakes. Bury your mistakes? Yes. And you see, my father never believed in divorce. I didn't understand that. Does that mean that his grandfather murdered all of his wives? You, oh shit! You bury oh, your mistake mistakes. He didn't believe in divorce. You so that so, means like you straight up Henry the Eighth shit. Yeah, like yeah, I was like that's that's uh, intense joke. <laughs> oh. I mean they're monsters. So like whatever. Um, what? So I mean like we talked about like what what doesn't work about this? Because I think what works, the vibe, the aesthetic, the look. I, what doesn't work? Oh, I feel like there were... Yeah, because there was another, like... There... They definitely... Because they're so kitschy trope sitcom at points. And physical comedy is such a huge part of it. And, and then... You notice we're not bringing up any real quotes from this episode because... Not very quotable. Not, not really that many. The line that stood out the most to me was the one that was super racist. Because yes. we were like, oh no. Racist towards no. Uh, Hispanic people. Yeah. Latino people. Bad. Um, and, and the second baseline. Yeah. But for the most part, like, it, it was weird because you had these, like, very kitschy tropes... Of, like, you know, physical comedy and getting bonked on the head with a baseball. Yeah. And then there would be the throwaway lines where it's like, give my regards to your wife. Yes, last oh. time I saw her. Uh, please give Mrs. Gateman my regards. The last time I saw her, she looked so natural. <laughs> that was, I liked that line. That was a really funny but line. But it's, like, dark, too. Yeah, it's a real good. It's like, and, last time I saw your wife was at her funeral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, those aren't, that's what... I've discovered, or I've uh, been reminded of the fact that a lot of these 60s sitcoms were live-action cartoons and weren't, like, joke machines. Like, I Love Lucy is a joke machine. That show is, it's mostly physical comedy, but it is of an art artistry that is transcends worth. Like, it's so mm -hmm. funny and still so good. Um, and in the 70s, you get, like, the hard-hitting, like, we're going to talk about issues, or mm -hmm. we're going to, like, do really weird, aggressive, progressive shit. 60s are this weird, nebulous time where, you know, Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, which we've both done on this podcast, uh, The Munsters, there are these weird... It's very fluffy, like, let's just keep our blinders on, like, let's not talk about the shit that's going on. 60s, serious time. Very serious time. <laughs> I mean... When did Marilyn Monroe die? Uh, that was early 60s. So, because Marilyn Munster is obviously based on Marilyn Monroe, because she's a blonde bombshell who's in high school. <laughs> Who, maybe that's another one. Yeah, possibly in high school. I'm <laughs> not sure. Looks like she's old? in her mid-20s like, How least. old is Pat Priest? This is my most um, Wikipedia-ing episode. She was a character that, like, kind of threw me off a little bit, because when I saw her, I was like, oh, she's kind of like the 
She's like the foil to all of the insanity that happens yeah. around her. And she wasn't used in that way really at all. No, she, I mean, their whole game with her is like, oh, poor her. She's so ugly because it's like she's beautiful. So therefore mm-hmm. it's, she's ugly to them. She was 28. <laughs> she was so ready to do some homework. Yeah, ready to do some homework. She was 28 years old and very like, look, 28, like, like a nice, pleasant 28. Mm-hmm. Maybe 26. I don't know. She definitely did not look... but she looked like a beautiful young woman who was in no way... Very much out of college. Yeah. Possibly settling down, like, getting into a career. Maybe my headcanon is that that she's just getting her, like, doctorate. Oh, that's a show I would love to see. Dr. Munster. Dr. Munster. Oh, Dr. Munster. That'd be a good show. Um, What... So, like I say, like, what aged... uh, What ages well in this... I think the look does. The look, yeah, because I love that. And <laughs> no, but like, yeah, it's like the look, Pause. the look, because as we said, like the makeup still holds up, and like where it doesn't hold up, it doesn't hold up in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Like the the exaggerated nostrils and like the extreme contour. Mm-hmm. Why there hasn't been a drag race monsters challenge? Like, oh, give me that. Damn. Give me like some Halloween realness. Really, go back to Party City. Ugh, love that. Um. And, like, the vibe. I mean, obviously, like, the theme song was literally just in a hit song last year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, that's it's that shit holds up still. And they're rebooting it. So the concept of Monster Family, timeless. Mm-hmm. And I think even the concept of, like, bringing in, like, real-life famous people, quote-unquote, you know, famous if you that were time. a baseball official. Or, if you, I guess, if you love baseball now, probably, you might know who he is. Right, but it, the the idea of bringing in someone who like has some relative like fame and like having them just react to the monsters yeah. world, yeah, is another thing that I think That's could fun. like pull through. It just doesn't pull through if you don't know who they are. Yeah, <laughs> but I still like. I mean, it's the same thing with Adam's family. Almost every one of these episodes is an outsider comes in, is just baffled by the existence of these people, and then they leave, traumatized, or they get out and they're fine, you know, and then monsters keep going on. Fine. Yeah. Or they, the ends could keep going on. They were very like, yeah. There was no like warmth or reception, receptiveness to them at any point. Like yeah. Herman was always like this like very monstrous figure. Oh yeah, they, they were like he's not gonna in. be winning any beauty contests and shit. Like <laughs> yeah. Also, in these universes, I guess that Frankenstein and the Wolfman and vampires don't exist in popular culture. It's the same thing in like when Walking Dead, when it's like, why don't they just say zombies? Because Mm-hmm. Do they not have zombies in popular culture in that universe? Because I feel like if you see Herman Munster walking up to you on the baseball diamond, you're like, oh shit, a fucking Frankenstein's monster is lumbering over here. What? That's real? Um, so that doesn't happen. It's like they treat it like it is a real, f- like they they really happened almost, where it's yeah. like, because um, there was that reference at the end where like, uh, they're almost, the other thing that's kind of weird about it is it's like they're refugees. Yeah, they're from, from Transylvania. Transylvania. That's right. Back, back in the old country, he used to be an athlete. All the villagers would just chase after him, oh. scream. <laughs> like, so, this apparently, like, is meant to have really, quote-unquote, happened. But it is kind of, again, it's one of those, like, it's oddly dark, and it's jarring against the, you know, like, slapstick, uh, Herman just threw oh, a yeah. in his face. But it's like, 
wife died. I killed all my wives. We're refugees. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like there, all of these very super, like, dark underlines. There's a super interesting, like, cool metaphor for like you know refugee, like people from another country, but like they're from Transylvania and they're monsters, but they're still like trying to deal cope with you know living in a new country, racism, prejudice. That doesn't really happen. That doesn't really happen on the monsters, but it could. No, that's a thing that could happen. Uh, so like what? Doesn't work. Um, the racist comment about the baseball players. Oh, God. Obviously. Like, that was uh, surprising. It throws you out of it so fast. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. I Also, the reference, I didn't... In a petrified forest? I don't know what that means. I didn't. And that's not something I could... I should Google, like, what petrified forest... I don't even remember the context of the line. I didn't... Like, like they're... <laughs> I don't know. I just know that it was, like... Those blanks in a petrified forest, I think. I have that, so that does not work. Everything about <laughs> like, that's over. Everything that was... does not work. Nah. Um, and then like, I want more jokes. I for a show about like a monster family, I feel like there are just so many. You can so many more jokes. It's... Yeah, and beyond just like Herman's endless and everything Herman says is a pun. Yeah. And it's always like, uh, baseball season is short this year because I just hit your ball out of the field. <laughs> like, they were so just, like, cringy. And yeah, was... and that's what definitely doesn't age well about this uh, show, maybe. This episode definitely is, like, the pacing of it is, I mean, this is true of, you know, a lot of shows compared to nowadays where you have 20 minutes, you have to get in, get out, super fast. Uh, this show, like, I, honestly, after the him crying immensely crying i thought we were gonna hit credits and then it faded to black and then came up again and we got two more scenes and i wrote down how much more dot 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 because i was like i what is happening it's it was like this this is done this is getting sweaty gotta like go to the credits and they had a needless scene of grandpa monster watching a cooking show making upside down cake which i think was just for the joke of him hanging like a bat and watching a show about making upside down cake that was, like, the entire reason. And it wasn't because, like, really, we got nothing but, like, Lily and Grandpa scenes and then, like, Herman and Eddie Eddie's, scenes. Yeah. They were very rarely, like, in the same place. They were yeah. in the same place, like, once when he got the offer to be on the baseball team. When they had that dinner. Yeah. And then once at the end when he was telling everyone that he didn't get signed on. Yeah. And so, and then, and then we cut to the real end, which it honestly should have come up from Black on this scene. Which was the them playing football with Eddie, and then basically the whole cycle begins anew, where he like punts a football and it hits a guy eight blocks away. And the same reporter that was with the baseball guy is like, "Mr. Hirsch, take my advice. Forget it. If you don't want to wind up going out of your skull." Um, Again, most consistent through line: getting hit in the face. With yeah, the ball. <laughs> I really like it. Was the football? The football one was funnier. A baseball is small, so it only hits like a, like it pops off the head. Funny. A football like it clobbered him in the face. <laughs> Like, I think it hit him, like, long ways, and it just, like, smashed his entire face. Pretty great. Pretty good. Um, another thing to point out is, while this has a laugh track, it is 100% a single-cam show. Like, that is the canniest canned laughter ever. Like, honestly, like, the recording on that laughter sounds like it's peaking and bad. 
Um, it also extended a couple times like it was coming in almost like half a second too late yes, or like yeah. half a second too soon. Yeah. It was layered it's a, very poorly. Because it's, it's, it's weird. And I noted um, there is a time where you can really tell that it's a single cam show. Aside from all the on-location shoots at a baseball diamond, which you cannot, that obviously wasn't a soundstage. And you can't cart an entire studio audience out to the bleachers and then like mic them properly. And that's a nightmare. Um, when they're all sitting around the table... All four of them sit on each side, and Eddie's back is to you. Which, if you're on a stage, on a multicam show, it's always everyone is gathered around with a blank, with the, with one of the sides blank, side close to the audience. And I wrote down, like, you never see that on a sitcom. If someone's sitting around a table, only three of the sides are being sat on. No one gave a shit about Eddie that time. Yeah. And then, well, then Eddie, when Eddie talks, they actually cut to him and show the reverse, which on a sitcom soundstage, you would never, you can't show the fourth wall. Like, very close up on him. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, could you do this entire episode today? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, would this kind of uh, comedy, would this kind of comedy work? I think there are aspects of, like, the physical comedy that could be kind of fun. Yes. Like, Herman's playing at the field was fun, because they were like, hit some, hit the ball, and he, like, hit, of course, the first one is just kind of, like, establishing that he's ridiculously strong, and so it just flies out, but then, like, the next one, he, like, knocks the sign off, he drives the ball underground, Underground. because he hits it it so hard. He's a grounder, and he's, like, right in, yeah, and then there was him fielding, and, like, it was, was like, him knocking people over. The sped-up footage. Yeah. Every time, like, there's one, like, he, like... He throws the ball, and a guy catches it, and the, the film speeds up to show him tumbling backwards super fast. Ah, uh, it's fun. Fun tricks. Fun tricks and uh, stuff. It would be hard to translate, I think, today, though, because there was that scene, though, where he, like, throws the ball, like, literally through a guy's hand. Yeah. And that would be hard to pull off today without making it super gory. Yeah, like, you, because we would have to be like, that's weird. Um, I mean, I think this is an animated show now. Like, honestly, it's weird. Like, the monster should have be an animated show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm surprised they haven't. Adam's family had a cartoon in the 90s, but Monsters, I don't think, has ever had a cartoon. Or it's just, like, a very, like, dark, like, comedy Han- with Hannibal-esque, like, murder tableaus. Well, and Brian, like, wait, Brian Fuller did Hannibal, right? I think so. Yeah, and he did, mon- like, he, like, almost there. It was so... I didn't watch that Monsters pilot, and I really kind of want to now, because it might actually be everything we're hoping for. <laughs> like, that might have been the thing that we needed from this. Uh, I can now move on to some trivia about the episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, season one of the Monsters averaged 24.7 million viewers. What? Yeah, 24.7 what is a good viewing by today's standards? Is it like getting like a million people to watch? Um, most like your average sitcoms. I think like Big Bang Theory does like sixteen million. About. Oh, that's um, so sad. Your, your like good places like your NBC ones, your like ABC ones are probably around like, like, four to six million, or so. Um. <clears throat> This was doing, like, double what, like, a popular sitcom. Yeah. Which, ugh, yeah, Big like that's is terrible. Oh, boy. That um, is bananas. So for the season, for the 1964-1965 uh, TV season, it was number 18. It was 18th. Like, the number one show, I think, had, like, 33 million viewers. It was tied with Gilligan's Island. So that just like stamps it right there. A show I have seen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Which is more believable, Gilligan's Island or The Munsters? Or which is more uh... Gilligan's Island? Which is more um... which is more serious about its comedy and its craft? (laughs) Gilligan's Gilligan is more serious about its comedy. Munsters is more serious about its craft. Oh, definitely, because Gilligan looks like it was shot in a shoestring budget. Oh yeah. So tiny. What can I do with fucking coconuts this week? Yeah. I don't know. Oh boy, let's not go to the other side of this island ever. Um, so for the season, the number, the top five shows of that season were number five, The Fugitive. Number four, The Andy Griffith Show. Number three, The Andy Griffith Show spinoff, Gomer Pyle USMC. Number two, Bewitched, and number one, Bonanza. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Monsters was number eighteen for this season. It fell. To like number sixty one in season two, like it fell so hard. I mean, considering the decline we saw just in what we watched, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's not entirely surprising. Yeah, it's like that. Is, it's such a. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they like moved it to a different time slot. If that like really was a factor back then. Um, but it is really fascinating to me that both this and Adam's family. I guess it was like. For a year, we were, like, super in on monster families. And then the next year, they were like, no, thank you. Oversaturation. <laughs> Done. <laughs> it's so weird. And then it fell that hard. Um, so on IMDb, 102 users voted and rated this episode an 8.4 out of 10. I want to hear some explanation behind that. This is the highest rated episode of the Monsters. Really? According to Monsters fans on IMDb, this is the best episode. Oh. Take without what there, you want. There go all of my theories <laughs> about this being like episode twenty nine. We don't know what the fuck we're no, doing. Like is... I don't know. Play baseball. When you watch this, oh man, I would I would like to dive into the, like the Monster Reddit communities and like find out. What is the, like, oh, like, oh, man, I really love it when he hits that ball and it goes underground. Oh, like, what are the moments in this that you just, like, love so much that you're like, this is the best? This is classic this monsters. Is the greatest. Also, I feel like we started a flame war with the Monsters Reddit because we were not very kind to this episode. Come at me. No, I think that, <laughs> listen, where we agree, Monsters Reddit, um, 
<laughs> a sentence I... When you listen. Yeah, well, I never thought I would say. Um, he's like, honestly, you... This is one of the best art-directed sitcoms of all time, maybe? Like, the, the set is great, the costumes are great, the hair, the makeup... The look of it, everything from the font to the theme song, it is one of the strongest aesthetic sitcoms I can think of. Um, my only complaint is I want more jokes. I want a lot more jokes. Smarter, like, smarter, smarter. jokes. Because like... there are some in here. That funeral, that, like, she looks so natural line, great. Yeah, the best jokes, honestly, were, like, the dark, fucked up ones. Yeah, because so, like, just it's, cash a, in on it's that. a family of monsters. Get fucked up. Or play with the clash of uh, fucked up and suburban. Like, leave it to Beaver, but they're monsters. Uh, Adam's Family, I I mean, I, I'll admit it. Adam's, I'm an Adam's Family person. I'm Team Adam's. Hashtag Team Adam's in this. Because uh, that show is weirder and is aggressively, is aggressively weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, that show is always throwing a visual gag at you or something just, like, really insane that you're like, why is this happening? Why are there train sets all of a sudden? Why is that bear growling again? Like, what is this? Yeah. And it's woven into the dialogue so much more, too, from what I know of it. Is it's, yeah. There's so much more clear, like, oh, that's terrible, meaning we love it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's every, like everyone has a character game, and they all play it super hard in Adam's Family. It's like, they love torture. Mm-hmm. They love creepy things. They're, like, cutting, you know, rose roses off of pet like stems or whatever yeah like it's it's all over the place where like you don't really get that like monsters is literally like leave it to beaver but they're all dressed as monsters as monsters but the creepy like off-putting lines kind of like sneak up on you yeah like Like, you'll see herman like accidentally hit himself in the face with a frying pan but then also we're talking about like henry the eighth level murdering of wives so like do more of that do more of the latter and so this one i was really happy to hear that like seth myers and like writers that he trusts are Mm -hmm. doing the new monsters because i'm like if you just grab like chuck lorry or just one of the modern like multi-cam sitcom hacks that just churn out stuff i would be like oh great it's gonna be bad but i trust like Legit comedy writers that, like, are coming through, like, the SNL factory and Mm -hmm. stuff that are, like, good on satire and really keen on details and really no character game and stuff like that. I trust them to be able to do, like, Monsters in Brooklyn in modern day and make that a potentially weird-ass show. So, uh, excited to see that. Um, Who would you say had the must-see performance in this episode? I feel like you kind of have to give it to Herman. Yeah. I, I mean, I, in general, I'm a, I do like Grandpa Munster a lot. I think Al Lewis is just a funny guy. Is <laughs> that's a funny, like, like an, like an old, uh, I don't know, what is it, um, like an old Hamptons, not Hamptons, Catskills, like a, cat, like, like a Catskills style insult comic as a vampire <laughs> grandpa is just a funny character. It's a great premise, right? <laughs> like, this is a great, I love, like, uh, amazing. Um, and as a, honestly, like, as a kid, I, would watch Monsters, but I hated Herman. I mean, as a little kid, I hated... I found the way that he laughs... It's so, so grating. I found it so off-putting as a yeah. kid. It's like, I don't... And the way that he would, like, stomp his feet like a like a baby, it would make me so angry as a child. I would just be like, this is dumb. I don't like this, but I love Grandpa. 
Yeah, and I love Lily. Like, she also has, like, she has moments that I think are really, like, Uh smart and clever. Like, some of the better lines (laughs) were hers. hers. So, who gets your MSP? Who's your must-see? I mean, it's so hard. I want it... Herman is obviously the star of this episode and probably every episode, so... Yeah, I mean, Herman in this in this episode is just because I think of that scene with the with him playing out, playing playing out, trying out, really good at sports, guys! Sports! Sports ball! Um, <laughs> but where he's uh, trying out for the baseball team, that is, like, great... That yeah. has great moments. Also... Lily, Lily is admittedly still my favorite, so I yeah. kind of want to, like bias give it to her fred also like i have to give props to fred gwynn for going out in what was probably a hot day in probably one of the most unforgiving costumes i've ever seen there's not only heavy makeup a hat on top of that and then also just so many couch cushions on like what were they like six inch platforms yeah on like crazy six inch platforms so it's at one point he bends down to pick up something and I was like he's not gonna bend down to pick that up there's no fucking way he can get down there and yeah. he did jeez yeah so yeah I'll give it to Fred Gwynn just cause like you deserve it for just <laughs> surviving that shoot true um must other people see this episode well apparently according to the the monster reddit <laughs> they love IMDB loving this episode uh, I honestly feel like, um, watch the Munsters opening credits on YouTube. Because that's, that honestly has everything that is perfect about this show in it. Yeah, that uh, gives you, I think that gives you the best, like, the best look at what the premise is for the show. Yeah. And then if that is enough to intrigue you, then why not give this a shot? Yeah. And I also find it... I also have to believe that there are better episodes. I mean, maybe not much better. Maybe not much better. I only see episodes with Marilyn, where she has more presence. That's or more Grandpa episodes. That's what I would... So I do believe that there's probably a better Monsters episode out there. I will get to it at some point on this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, Maybe next Halloween, if there's a Halloween Monsters episode. Every episode is a Halloween episode. Yeah, every episode episode is soft a Halloween episode. Um, So I would say, like... Read the synopses, because also I was kind of bummed that the consensus was that this baseball episode was the best one. So, like, in general, like, I'm not a baseball person, so I'm like... Yeah. There was, I think the one before this was, like, Herman the Movie Star. I'm like, that one, maybe I would have been more into. Mm-hmm. Because well, like, I care about that stuff. An episode where they meet Marilyn, I assume she doesn't, like... I'm assuming she, like, moves in with yes, them. Yes, I think she, she is the um, new character in the pilot. Um, and there were a couple of Monsters TV movies that were about, that I think either rebooted it, or there was, like, there was there were a couple of reunion movies. Also, similar to Adam's Family, both the original Monsters cast and the original, original Adam's Family cast had reunion TV movies. Um, the Adam's Family one is on uh, YouTube, and it is fantastically weird, because it's in color. Um, but not on the original, uh, not on the original set. It's like they found just like an old house and then just like shot it on videotape. So it also looks bad. Um, and it's really brown and orange. So I highly recommend it. John Aston plays dual roles. Um, yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts about, uh, Herman the Rookie? (laughs) I proved that I knew less about baseball than I initially <laughs> even thought. But now you know more about the monsters. More about the monsters. Yeah, and now uh, viewers or listeners are getting a taste of 
the upcoming holiday holiday gauntlet phase one halloween and that abruptly does it for this week's episode of must have seen tv because i goofed up the recording and lost the last uh, minute of the episode but whatever <laughs> thanks again to my guest megan k for dropping by and talking about the monsters with me this week if you want to drop her a line on twitter you can reach her at at M-K-O-K. That is at M-K-A-Y-E-O-K. Next week, I'll be discussing the Night Court episode, All You Need Is Love. All You Need Is Love is the pilot episode of Night Court. It is season one, episode one, and you can watch that Night Court episode on Amazon or iTunes. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr, and at Must Have Seen TV. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. You can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to all of y'all for listening. And I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.